He's our redeemer. He's our restorer. He's our rebuilder. He's everything. If you let him be, he is everything for you and for me. So we're in for a good time. Have a seat if you can. We got a few announcements this morning and a little video at the very end. Sister Julie, we're going to share. And uh, so uh, just get your Sunday paper out. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good to have everybody here in the house. Uh, I want to welcome, first off, our first-time guests and our returning visitors. Uh, Just be sure there is a, Vanna, you want to show the little card that everybody can fill out? That's the welcome card. If you would, please feel free to fill that out. But please come and, you know, please be sure that you attend so that you can get more information about the church. Uh, ministry leaders calendar planning is tomorrow night, January 13th at 630. Plan, uh, we will plan calendars for 2020 for all ministry departments. So be sure and bring your calendars as we put our heads together for 2020. And also we have a new study coming up for Women of Worth. So the Wednesday morning and Wednesday evening classes uh, will begin a new study. So we're going to turn it over to Brother Danny, and he's going to give a video introduction of what's going on. Amen. If you're feeling discouraged and defeated, if you're a bit overwhelmed or maybe even feeling undone, if you're wondering whether or not your future has any hope of victory, then listen, this Bible study is for you. man they they just uh, lost uh, Tony Evans just lost his wife Lois she's gone on to be with the Lord which is awesome and uh, and you can google and see the funeral and all that stuff online it is um, very uh, amazing and but also Priscilla Shire she is having lung surgery tomorrow right and she's having a lung like removed or something a part of her lung removed so it's very serious and she's supposed to be speaking next month right at, uh, she loves out loud, which is what we're doing here. It's in your uh, it's in your Sunday paper. So just be in prayer for her and be a prayer warrior for her. You know. So I think that would be awesome. Well, hey, listen, it's so good to have everybody in the house this morning. We have a special treat this morning. Brother Williams is in the house this morning. It's going to be a great time in the Word of God this morning. So let's all stand. Let's sing a little bit more as we worship the Lord in spirit and truth. All right.
sing it out. Great is your faith.
tithes and offerings to help us do what we do. Amen. Amen. And Brother Bill, if I could get you to offer our uh, prayer, that would be awesome. Thank you, sir. As we come to this uh, time of worship, uh, let's just uh, pray that God will take these offerings and use them for the furtherment of the ministry here at this church. So, Father, we just thank you, first of all, for this important time where, of worship where we are able to give a portion of what you have so blessed us with. And we just, first of all, thank you for that. We just ask that you would take this, Father, just uh, use it here for the fathers of the ministry here within this church. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. Amen.
This time I believe the children's church This morning we have a special, special treat for you this morning with, uh, how many of you here have seen uh, Brother Mike Williams before? Let me see your hand. Well, I know a lot. Anyhow, this morning, uh, Brother Mike, I knew, flew in from Dominican Republic where he has a mission. Uh, he has a mission down there in Dominican Republic. It's called Crossover Cups Mission. Brother Mike, come on up here, brother. And uh, listen, give it for Brother Mike. And uh, he's going to tell you. To know and to say and Thank to do. Thank you, Pastor. I love you, brother. You. Thank you, sir. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. It's good to be here on the correct Sunday. I'm not used to being here on the correct Sunday, but it is good to be here. And uh, oh, we're going to have a good time today. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever and to all generations. I want to ask you a question right up front today. If I was to walk up to you privately, if I was to walk up to you privately and say, brother, sister, is there a need in your life that I can pray for? All right, hang on, hang on. Let me, this needs to go up closer. I thought I had this turned on. Excuse me, folks. We'll get, we'll get there in a second. Did I get it? Hey, listen, I have this trouble all the time. It was blinking green. I know, it's not me. It's not about me. Y'all check your own batteries. Okay. I'll start again. Good morning. Good to be back here on the proper Sunday. If I was to walk up to you today privately and say, what need do you have in your life that I can pray with you about? 
no matter what it is, I want you to think right now what that would be. Think about the need that you have in your life because today I'm going to, sh- going to show you from Scripture how God has designed to help meet that need. Isn't that good to know? Isn't it good to know that God cares about our life here as much as he cares about our eternity there? So this is a message you and I need to hear. Because if you've got a need, if you don't have a need, this is going to be a long Sunday for you, okay? (laughs) Take out your phone, play some games, check some texts. But if you've got a need in your life, you are here for a reason. And I'm going to show you from the Bible what that reason is, and you're going to go home different. And many of you are going to go, wow, I wish I knew this 20, 30, in your case, Pastor, 50 years ago. (laughs) Sorry. Now, may we pray. Father, this is our time of the week to prepare for the rest of the week. May we grow today in something that we can use tomorrow. May your word truly be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And may we use that lamp and that light. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You've got the need in mind. You've got that need in your mind, okay? Good, I want you to keep that. God has given us some laws. There are some laws, some axioms in the Bible that says if this happens, then this happens. If this happens, then this happens. Let me put it together in just a simple thing. There's something called the law of gravity. Have you heard of the law of gravity? How many are familiar with the law of gravity? Anybody? Good, strong 60% of the people here do not... Do not fly off the earth at any given day. It's, a, it's amazing, okay? The law of gravity pretty much says, you know, Newton took that apple. It was Hobbes before him, but Newton took that apple, dropped it, and said, ah, oh, boom, okay? My, my son said, Dad, there, there's the law of action and reaction. I said, well, how do you guys describe it now for you young people? He said, well, he said, you know, it's just if you eat a lot of fat, greasy food, you become a fat, greasy dude, Dad. That's what he said to me, okay? And... To which I said, there's another law that says objects in motions tend to stay in motion, and I have a paddle. Some of you understand that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Younger folks, different generation. I, I, didn't, grow up, I didn't grow up under, uh, under Ridlin, okay? I grew up under a medicine called leather, okay? Didn't have to wait four hours to give me another dose either. Now, <laughs> some, some of you are going, that's child abuse. I know, tell my dad. I'm just sharing a testimony, people. (laughs) We're going to look at two specific scriptures today, but we're going to be all through the scriptures today. But I want you to find Galatians chapter 6 today. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. When you hear it, you're going to say, wow, I know that verse. Wow, I've said that verse, I've quoted that verse. Probably many of you have it in memory today. But I want to put it into perspective because a lot of times we read through the scripture and we read so fast or we read with so many preconceived ideas, we miss what God has for us. And in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, it says this, whatever seed you plant, 
you will also harvest. Whatever you sow, you reap. Now, now I always heard this preached in kind of a negative way, Pastor. It's like, you better be careful what you sow, brother. Because if you sow to the wind, you'll reap the wind. I can remember Dr. Billy Graham saying, if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap the flesh. And if you sow to corruption, you will reap of corruption. I have literature for you. Nobody remembers that voice anymore. Beautiful. (laughs) Getting older every year. But let's look at this from a completely different perspective today. What if when God said whatever, he meant whatever? What if when God said the fullness, whatever, exactly what he said? Today I want to teach you through the Bible the law of intentional investment. The law of intentional investment. In fact, we'll call it this, the law of whatever. Now, what is that law, Mike? I'm going to give you three points here. We're going to go through them real quick. Number one, we need to identify a genuine physical, emotional, spiritual, or even financial need in your life. What did I ask you to do when we started? Find a need. What is the need in your life? You might say, Mike, you don't have time to sit down with my need list. I understand. Some of you have a list. How many of you have at least more than one need in your life? Okay, good. Good, strong percentage of you got more than one. Okay. How many got more than three? Okay, I'll bet you if you were to think about it, I I, I bet some of you've got loved ones that don't know Jesus. Is that a need? Anybody here got a financial need? Anybody struggling with a health problem? I I won't go into some other ones, but we will in a a second here. I want to tell you that God wants to meet your need, physical, emotional, spiritual, or financial. Number two, if we joyfully and intentionally invest a portion of, of our need into a person organization needing what we need, we will understand the law of intentional investment. i got to go on and you'll understand all this. We will experience our needs met and receive an increased harvest and we will plant again so that others may be blessed again. That's three points that make no sense right now. But let me talk to you about the whatever. Could it be that God really meant that whatever we planted, we received? Whatever we sowed, we harvested? Now, now think about this for a minute. Let, let's just go to a purely spiritual application. Let's go to the concept of forgiveness. Think about forgiveness for just a second. Think about what Jesus said about forgiveness. What do we know about what Jesus said about forgiveness? It's found in Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Mark chapter 11, verse 25, you'll know the verse. Jesus said, forgive others first, and after you have forgiven others, you will receive forgiveness from the Father for your own sins, right? Right? In in fact, Jesus taught us when you pray, Lord, I forgive as I forgive. You grant me forgiveness. So even, think about this, even the concept of forgiveness is based in whatever you plant, you harvest. 
Forgiveness itself is based in this. Just like gravity, it's universal. It works for fat people, for skinny people, rich people, poor people, educated, illiterate, black, white, Christian or non-Christian. Even folks who don't even believe in God, atheists today, are still affected by God's law of gravity. Do you believe that? Amen. I know it to be true. What about... What about other things, Mike? Could the, could the whatever go beyond? You gave us forgiveness. That's kind of a spiritual application. What about a physical application? Good question. Uh, what, what about food? Hmm. That's, that's a good one. Uh, I'd like to take you to 1 Kings chapter 17. Uh, you'll know the story there. The prophet Elijah has come across a widow, Zarephath. You remember the story now? There she is out there. And he goes to this widow. He says, widow... Uh, I've traveled a long way. Uh, We're in the midst of a famine. There is a drought in the land. It's tough times. You ever been in tough times? Tough times. When I live in the Dominican, which has been, I've been there for the past three weeks. Okay, so good to get back and get hot water again today. Man, praise the Lord for a hot water shower, okay? But every morning when I get up from my house to up to our program, I'm I'm a a little bit down the mountain there, and, and it's 30 steps, 30 steps to the top. And you may go, 30, what's 30 steps, Mike? What is 30 steps? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's three flights of stairs. And I, some mornings I'm going, I'm coming up, I'm singing that old song. I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain. You know what I'm talking about? 6.30 in the morning, 30 steps is not fun. Anybody with me? Okay. okay. I know some of you thin people. You shut up. Okay, I'm more... I'm talking about people, I, I'm, I'm 57, okay? I'm getting ready to do 58 if you do math, okay? And so, you know, that, that, those are long steps. Sometimes our life is rough, and this woman's life was rough. She's, she's a widow. Right there, that's a problem. She doesn't have a breadwinner back then in her family. We know from the story that she's got a son that she has to take care of. And the prophet comes to her and he says this, Woman, I'm so thirsty, would you get me some water? Now, they're in the middle of a drought. Okay, drought's when you don't have what? Water. All right? And she says, yes, I'll get you that. And she goes to turn to get him some water. And he says, by the way, when, when you go, uh, make me a sandwich too. <laughs> kind of presumptuous. <laughs> Prophet must have been a televangelist. Sorry, that was pure speculation. That's not in scripture, okay? I just made that up. Don't go out and quote the pastor said that, yeah. All right. Think about the situation. Tough situation, bad situation. Make me a sandwich. And she says this. You'll know her response. She says this, uh, almost bordering on what they would have called uh, blasphemy in her wording. She says, as surely as the Lord lives. This was a time when you just didn't say deity names. Now they're throwing around, oh my, everything. As surely as the Lord lives, prophet, here's the truth. I don't have it. I have enough meal at home to go home and make a little bit of meal for my son, and that's my plan tonight. I'm going to make a meal for my son, and we're going to sit down, and we're going to eat a last meal together, and we're going to die. Wow. That's pretty straightforward. 
and she's truthful. She says, as surely as the Lord lives. And the prophet says, woman, go fix me a sandwich. I told my son, he's 16. Coleman, I've told you about Coleman before. Coleman's the one who sees everything literally. Coleman's the one who sees the sign on the side of the road that says, caution, trucks hauling ahead. And Coleman goes, whoa, that must be a big head. Coleman's the one who saw the cat. I think I told you about this last time I was here. Coleman's the one who see, saw the, we were pulling out of our driveway and there's a cat that had been hit on the side of the road. My 11-year-old daughter in back, Daddy, there's a cat that's been hit. I want to comfort my daughter. I say, baby, the cat's with Jesus. Coleman goes, what did Jesus need a dead cat for? Okay, that's Coleman. <laughs> I was going over this sermon with my family. I said, hey, hey, so the prophet says this woman has no food. Woman, go make me a sandwich. Coleman blurts out, I'd have told him where he'd put that sandwich. <laughs> now, I know you think that's horrible, but let's be honest, you would have too. Most of us would have done that. You don't know my situation. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know my drought. You don't know my pain. The Bible says that she did it. She did it in faith, Pastor. She planted in faith. She planted. And the Bible says this in verse 16. She went and did as Elijah said, and everyone in her household ate, and the jar of flour never ran out, neither did the jug of oil become empty for the rest of the famine. It's not just on the negative side. Praise God, it's on the positive side too. Okay, God wants to do this in our lives. There's another wonderful illustration. It's found in 1 Kings. It's also with Elijah. Elijah standing against 450 prophets of Jezebel. They had lined up because they're still in this story. They're still in this uh, multi-year-long drought. Again, what are we missing when we're in a drought? Water. Water. Can everybody say that? Can everybody say that? This could go on a long way if y'all don't join in. Can everybody say water? Water! I want you to think about this. Elijah said, I want to challenge the prophets of Baal. We'll see who can provide, uh, the prophets of Jezebel, we'll see who can provide water. He said, let's meet. And they met. He said, you bring the cows to sacrifice. It's interesting he didn't bring a special cow. See, he understood it wasn't the cow. And what happens? They gather up there on that site of the sacrifice, and all of a sudden, the the prophets of Jezebel, 450, they were all looking good. They had their Jezebel outfits on. They were all numbered. You knew who they were. They built the altar, the rocks, the wood, they put it on there. The hay, the kindling to get it going. They took a cow, cut him up into pieces. I'll, I'll bet you they took the best one too. You know what I'm going to say. If you got first choice, you take first choice. Put a cow on the altar and they begin to dance around that altar and they begin to sing and shout praises to their God, their deity. In fact, they got committed. 
What do you mean, Mike? They actually took knives and cut themselves, bleeding their own blood. That's commitment, brother. I have a hard time praying more than three or four minutes. Let that sink in a minute. They started dancing around, tambourining. I hate tambourines. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. Elijah's just sitting back there. He says, all right, are you done, guys? Yeah. He builds an altar out of wood, stone. Looks just like their altar. Pretty much there was just kind of one altar design back then. We didn't have HGTV showing us all the different ways you could build an altar. There weren't the altar brothers. Some of you are not enjoying this morning at all. They put the hand there, took the second cow, cut it up. What are you doing? We just did that. We just did the same thing. What, what, what kind of nutcase is this? He said, we're going to do one thing different. Now, if you follow the text there, it's right there in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 22, right in around there. Here's what you find, okay? Here's what you find. Here's what he did different. He said, I want us to dig a trench. Now, if you follow the wording there, it says, the prophet says, I want us to dig a seed trench capable of holding this much seed. Everybody say seed. Seed. What, What do you use seed for? Seed is for planting. Why do you plant? To harvest. You know, I've, I've heard this all, all, you know, we're getting ready to see this miracle. The miracle was in that Elijah says, dig a seed trench. They didn't need a cow. They didn't need dancing. They didn't need cutting of themselves and bleeding their own blood. What they needed to do was plant what they needed. He said, dig a seed trench and fill it with water. Water! What kind of crazy prophet is this? We don't have water. He wants us to take 12 barrels. I, I, I can just see 12 55-gallon drums. You know what I'm talking about? Rolled up there. He's wanting water. We don't have water. This water could be used to feed some cattle. Some people can live. There are always people who are thinking about excuses. Think about Judas when he said, this could have been sold and done such and such. But he says, bring the water. And it said the water filled the seed trench. Amen? You know the story? Think about it. The water filled the seed trench. And all of a sudden, step back on believers, or the rain will never come. That was for all you old country people. You know that song. You know what's going to happen, right? He steps back and all of a sudden, fire comes down from heaven. They didn't have to light nothing. God consumed the fire, licked up the altar, everything was there, including the water that was there. 
run forward a couple verses. I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. There is an unseen hand. Amen? Amen. Size of a man's hand. How's the size of a man's hand going to help? hand of God and the rain began to fall. Wow. He planted water and solved a drought. He took what they needed the most, invested it into the soil of God and received back more water than they could possibly use. I had a dear mentor friend of mine one day, I was sitting in his office, and he reaches into his desk drawer and he opens up an old mason jar and in it he kept seeds of corn, corn, corn seeds. Have you ever, who's ever planted a garden with corn? You ever planted corn, okay? And he, he goes, Mike, do you like corn? I said, look at me, man, I'm a fat guy, I love corn. Corn chips, corn flakes, corn on the cob, corn off the cob, popcorn, chicken corn chowder. You know what I'm saying? Man, I like corn. I'm good with corn. He said, Mike, I'm going to give you all the corn you'll ever need. And he put in my hand. Can you believe that? Someone is calling me on a Sunday morning right there. Hang on. Right there. There we go. I know. Can you believe that? That's obviously not a Christian. I'm going to make sure it's all... I thought I'd flipped it off. I did that back there. I, I, I always do that. And, but for some reason, I figured that people would know on a Sunday morning that I would be... My apologies. Get over it and turn off your own phone, people. <laughs> he who is without a phone among you, send the first text. That's a modern... That's a message version. He said, Mike, I want to give you all the corn you will ever need. And he put a kernel of corn in my hand. And I looked at that and I said, that ain't even corn. That's a kernel of corn. He said, no, that's corn. I said, no, that's a kernel of corn. He said, you don't eat kernel on the cob, do you? All right, it's corn, but it's one piece of corn. He said, Mike, do you realize if you take that corn and you plant that corn, you plant that corn in God's good earth, you plant that corn in God's earth, and that one little corn will give you 1,200 more corn. If you plant that 1,200 corn, you'll get 1,444,000 corn. Do you realize if you take that 1,444,000 corn, put that in the earth, you will get, I wrote it down here, 1,278,000,000 corn. If God can do that with corn, what can God do in your life? When you plant, there are seven laws of biblical intentional investment. I've got time to give you three of them today. Maybe two. Maybe one. (laughs) Find 2 Corinthians chapter 9 with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. In 2 Corinthians 9, we're going to start with verse 6. Here we go. Remember this. So obviously Paul had said it before. When you see something that says remember this, that means that he had taught it 
We might not have a record of it in Scripture, but when he was there in person, he taught it. So he's saying, I want to reiterate something. Why do we reiterate something? Because we want people to understand it. He's saying, this is important. Remember this. There's a lot of things we don't get to remember this on, Pastor. But we get to remember this on this. Paul says, remember this. The farmer who plants only a few seed will harvest a small crop. But the one who sows generously will receive a bountiful crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to plant. Law number one, in God's law of intentional investment, you decide the rate of the return by the rate of the planting. Folks, you've got to decide what you want in response. You've got to decide where you want to be at the end of the drought. You've got to decide where you want to be at the end of the need. You've got to decide where you want to go with this. And God puts that in your hands. He has never been one who forced his way in. You decide where you want to go with me. It's up to you. There's no requirement. We're not talking about going to hell for missing a blessing. We're talking about the fact that God has some blessings prepared for you if you'll accept all of what he has for you. Number two, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we'll go to verse 7. We're halfway through verse 7. And it says, and don't plant reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Number two, the attitude of our investing, the attitude of our planting impacts what we get back. Somebody said if you talk to your plants, they will grow better. Have you heard that? If you talk to your plants, they grow better. Um, Brush your teeth before you talk to your plants. I'm a plant whisperer. They said some of y'all need to brush your teeth before you talk to them. I think that has to do with the attitude. When we talk to our plants, we're happy with them. We're joyful with them. Okay? And we have here in 2 Corinthians, Paul teaching us, he said, look, when you plant, plant cheerfully. Dr. G. James Kennedy, some of you know him from Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church, uh, the author of uh, Evangelism Explosion that we've used in our churches for many, many years in in sharing uh, the gospel, said if this verse had been translated today in in our language today, it would have said, God loves a cheerful, hilarious Do you know what I'm talking about here? Okay. So our attitude, in fact, impacts our planting. Number three, we're, we're at verse eight. And it says, and God will generously respond with all you need. And who? God. Who? God. Our source is not each other. See, the problem is most of us are looking for our source this way when we need to look for our source this way. You, you, you look this way, you got other people who don't have that many sources, but when you look this way, you're looking at the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, who spoke the word. God is our source. And it's said that God will generously 
respond. Think, think about this. He's not a miser. God is not Ebenezer Scrooge. God, does anybody of you know just somebody who's just cheap? You know what I'm talking about? Just, again, don't point. <laughs> just, they're not frugal. There's a difference between frugal and just cheap. God is not cheap. It says he will generously respond with all we need. Now, it either says it or it doesn't say it. It's either true or it's not. And if it's a lie, we need to throw the whole thing away. I don't think we want to go there. So number three, God is the source of our harvest. Listen to a couple verses real quick. Psalms 24, verse 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything in it belongs to God. God owns it all. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, you know this verse. It says, God will supply. God will supply all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Right? And uh, one more, let's go to 1 Corinthians. We'll back it over here. Uh, Paul, again, in chapter 3, verse 6, he says this. One person plants a seed. Another brings water to the plants. But God makes it grow. It's not the one who plants or the one who waters who's at the center of the process, but it was God who makes things grow. Planting and watering are necessary, but what makes the process worth the effort is the God we are serving. 2 Corinthians, again, verse 8, the second part says this. As the psalmist wrote, They share freely and invest. They give. They plant generously to the poor. Their deeds will be remembered. How long? Forever. Woo! The mantra for my life is this. I want to live a life more worthy of a statue than a tombstone. Hallelujah. I want to count for something. You know, I want to, brother, I want to be a saint before I go. Well, that's awful lofty. Well, I'll be lofty then. I want to know that the life God gave me, I did something with it. I want to know that there was purpose. I found that purpose and I met that need. I want to know that I have fought a good fight, that I have kept the faith, that I didn't give up at the end and that I completed the task that he had for me. Different tasks than he had for you. Different goals. For God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer. I'm just continuing on the verses here. That becomes his bread. In the same way, God will provide and increase your resources. God will continue to produce a great harvest in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Woo! And when we take our gifts to those who need them, they will thank God and good things will result from this ministry. The needs of the believer will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And it says, and they will pray for you. Hallelujah. I need people praying for me. I'll tell you what, I've got some families in the Dominican Republic that over the years have prayed for me. They have seen things done in their prayers that have been so far beyond prayers that I've had here. 
needs that they didn't even know existed that they called me on and said, Mike, we're praying for you for this. And I said, you know what? I just faced that, just faced that. And I was delivered miraculously by the power of God because they were praying. You know what drove their prayers? The fact that we feed them every day. So when we plant, we receive, then we have enough to give and share. When we share, we have people who truly, truly care about us. When they're praying, it may be selfish, Pastor, but they're saying, Lord, protect Brother Mike. Hurry up, pray quick, the corn's getting cold. It's an old story, you might know it. It's about a cowboy traveling across the desert. He's pulling his horse. This is me pulling the horse right here, in case you were wondering. He's pulling the horse across the desert. It's dry, it's hot. His canteen has run dry a while back. Do you know what I'm talking about? How many have been there before? You know, not in the desert, but you've been out on Highway 98 and there's no convenience stores. You know what I'm talking about. And he comes to this, what he thought at first was a mirage, an oasis. And there's two trees there. And there's one of these old red... You know what I'm talking about? We got one in our village. That's how we get water up to our place. We pump it out right there, okay? Right there. Old red farm water pump. Some of you used them as a kid. Maybe some of you still got one for a well out front, okay? Old red water pump. And that water pump had a sign on it. it said, you have two choices. You have a bucket of water right here. You can take the bucket of water and drink it and get a little farther out in the desert. Or you can take this bucket and pour it into the pump. If you know about those old water pumps, you know they had an old leather reed, a round leather reed inside. And that would get dry and hot. And you could pump it all day, wouldn't get nothing. What you had to do is you had to moisten that reed. Are you with me? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I, kids, I wish I had something that created an electronic version of it. I don't, okay? Okay. Uh, but... It, the, the note said, you've got to take the water that's there and invest it. And if you pour it into the top of the pump, all of it, you can pump all the water you could ever want. But you're going to have to have faith. I wonder what we would have done. I wonder what I would have done. Uh, I don't know. That bucket of water looks pretty good. My horse is already pulling toward it. You know what I'm talking about? Whoa, boy. I, I always use boy horses. <laughs> That's why I'm not a pastor anymore right there. <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. People said no more. <laughs> but think of where you're at. What would you have done? Think about this for just a second. What would you have done? And, and I want to say, Really? That's what you've done? Have you done that in your life? I like what James says. Show me your belief by your works. What have we done when we face the need? Did we go for the quick fix? Or did we go to the source? We've got to learn to go to the source. Robert Kiyosaki wrote a book, best-selling book, called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Some of you may have read that book. 
It's a secular book. Secular book. In it, one of his statements was this. He said, whenever he feels short or in need of something, he said, and whenever you feel short or in need, give what you want, and it will come back to you in buckets. That is true for money, a smile, love, friendship, whatever. Hmm. I wonder if he ever read the Bible. I know it's often the last thing a person may want to do, but it's always worked for me. You know, pastor, it's a shame that secular people understand what they call the law of reciprocity. And they're using it. And God's people are hungry and thirsty when we have it right there. What is your need today? Let me, let me extend this a little bit. Are you a teacher? Do you want to be a better teacher? Maybe you'd say, you know, I'd really like to be a better teacher. This just doesn't have to be for food. This doesn't have to just be for money, okay? This is for whatever, because whatever is whatever, right? Say, whatever is whatever. You want to be a better teacher. Maybe you want to be a better guitar player. I want to be a better guitar player. Okay? If you heard me play, you'd go, Lord, help him be a better guitar player. Okay? Some of you may want to be a better carpenter. You may want to be a better seamstress. Some of you might say, Mike, I need someone in my life to love For that too. I need a friend. Yes, for that too. And, and let's even go there. Money. Some of you might say, Mike, my need is money. I have a a need, I have a bill that's pressing on me. While we're speaking of money, (laughs) this is not about greed. It's about our God-given ability to be the intentional, generous, decidedly gracious people God has decided to be. I hear a lot of time, money is the root of all evil, but it's a lie. The Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Money in itself is just an easy way to move a goat. I got people who could use a goat in the Dominican Republic. I do not want to take one on a plane. I mean, even with the new regulations, I don't think I could claim it to be an emotional support goat. You know what I'm saying? That would be pretty funny, though. It's my emotional support goat. Yeah. He's going to be eating up your chairs a little bit, but I feel so much better when he's with me. Just calms me down. Nah. Malachi chapter 10. I'm going to take you back to the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 10 says this. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. Chapter 3, 10 through 12. Bring your investment into the storehouse that the church may be well stocked for service to the community. Let me, God speaking here, let me show you how I will pour out my heaven-backed blessings in a way that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from eating your crops. The vines in the field won't drop their grapes before they're ready to harvest. Then all the nations will call you blessed and your place of dwelling will be incredible. This is Old Testament. 
Mike, is this a tithing sermon? Nope. This is an investing sermon. This is a life hack that you need to know. Because some of you have got needs. Some of you got two needs, three needs. Some of you, if we sat down long enough, you'd go, Mike, I got a long list of needs. Folks, this works no matter what. And let me say this. God doesn't need your money, but you need to plant and harvest. I believe God required, this, this is me, Pastor, this is me, this is Mike, Mikeology, okay? All of our theology comes from some person saying we think it's this way and other people agree. So you can agree with me or not. I believe that God required his chosen, very blessed people, might I add. He required them to give to prove to them that the whatever factor works. Sometimes I have to prove to my children that this action works. I have to force them to do it so that they can then understand the blessing. Are you with me? Any, Any children of God in the room? All right. Think about that. You know, in fact, it's interesting Um, A fellow by the name of Henry Ford. Anybody heard of that guy? (laughs) Henry Ford and Perry Hayden got involved in in a wonderful project. In fact, you can type it in, look it up. There's a whole story on Google about this. It's absolutely amazing. And and Henry Ford decided that they would plant wheat, and they would take 10% of the wheat that they planted and reinvest it in the soil. They started with one square inch of wheat. Think about a sugar cube, just a little bit bigger than a sugar cube. One square inch of wheat seed. They planted that in 12 rows by hand. And they just reinvested 10% of it every year. And they were doing so well with the 10% investment, they used it to fund hospitals and churches and schools all over America. In fact, at the rate of growth they were experiencing, they would have covered the entire United States with wheat in 20 years. Henry Ford says this. Woo, Pastor, this is good. This is good right here. Henry Ford said this. My experiments in tithing may well eclipse anything I have done in my lifetime. That's the father of automation, assembly line. And he says, you want to know where real blessings come from? You plant what you need. Three three places. Let me check the time here. It's not like I'm here that often anyway. Get over it. So the Methodists will beat us to the McDonald's today. (laughs) You need three pumps in your life, three places to invest in your life. Place number one, you need a people investment. What do you need in your life? Is it love? Is it wisdom? Is it skill? Find someone else, a person in need around you. And determine to invest in them. Some of you have a need in your life today that is a personal need, is an emotional need. I want you today, this afternoon, maybe even right now, as as this is kind of our invitation time, a little bit different. We're not going to play music. 
as our invitation number one, I want to invite you to know somebody who needs what you need and I want you to invest in them. A phone call, a phone call every day. Love, friendship, training, education. You want to be a better guitar player? Find some little kid who's learned how to play guitar. Invite him over. Teach him how to play guitar. You want to be a better seamstress? Find somebody who doesn't sew as well as you. Don't tell them that. You know what I'm saying? And help them be better. And one of two things will happen. Either God will bring somebody into your life to provide you with the education, the technical skills, the love, the caring, the friendship. He will bring somebody else. Or God will provide it to you supernaturally. We're scared of that word, but I'm going to say it anyway. See, God still does that. This whole place is nothing but supernatural. It's all holy. Look around. It's here because God keeps it in motion. You need a people pump. Proverbs eleven twenty five. Generous people prosper. Refresh others and you will be refreshed. Whatever you sow, you reap. Deuteronomy 15, 10. Give generously and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. Number two, you need a church investment pump. God doesn't want you to tithe because he needs the money. He wants you to invest because you need the money. Is there anybody here who's found a way to live uh, off the grid without any money? Is there anybody who's found a way to go down there to Publix? I love Publix. I'm not speaking against Publix. Everybody found a way to just walk in there, fill up grocery bags, and smile as you go out and wave, and they just go, oh, blessings. Anybody found that yet? There are a couple of people who tried it. They're not here today. They have a different service. More of a cell group. Cell group. Get it? All right, moving along. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says this. Honor the Lord with all your wealth and with an early portion of your proceeds. Plant it. In doing so, you will be blessed in your business. Your freezer and refrigerator will always be full. Woo. Luke chapter 6 Verse 38, however you measure your giving, give, and it shall be given back to you, compacted for more comfortable carrying, yet still overflowing compared to your initial gift. I don't mind talking about giving to the church. I I want you to know, I, I don't give to the church because the church has needs. I have a home church pastor. They got a little bit of money in the bank. They're doing okay. They could not take an offering this week if they wanted to, and they do okay. I was recently at a church where the pastor got up and he said, how many people have a need in the financial need in the room? Stand up, write it down on a piece of paper. He had everybody go to the back of the room, and at the end of the service, they gave out over $30,000 that day. No, I'm not giving you the name of the church. <laughs> and he doesn't do it every week. And in fact, he's not even a pastor anymore. (laughs) This is last Sunday. Deacons did not have the same faith. He did. But I'm not giving to the church pastor because the church needs money. I'm not going, oh, you know what? That was a good service. That was a $10 $10 song. Here's money to 
keep the lights on. We don't need lights. Jesus operated pretty good. New Testament church did better than we've ever done without any lights, sound system, guitars, podiums. We're not giving to the church to exchange goods and services. Don't turn this place into a theater. We've got too many theaters where everything... I'm a, I'm a confess. Confession's good for the soul. Um, I like Waffle House. Um, you can probably tell, okay? I mean, just looking at me, you go, I bet he likes Waffle House. Uh, I know, do y'all have a Waffle House up here? Okay. I saw you had a Huddle House down there. Oh, it's the same thing. It's just Waffle House with cleaner floors. Amen, amen, amen. All right. He spoke the truth today. I tell you what I do, though. I've learned that you can get out of Waffle House without paying. You got to get up and go to the bathroom. And then when all those crowds is waiting at the door, you just kind of slip right out the door. And it's the way the Lord provides me with free lunches. Now, now, does anybody think there's anything wrong with that? How, how many? Wow, that's a pretty good, that was more people than had a need. You righteous, judgmental people, you. You hypocrites. You're saying, I am not a hypocrite. I always pay my bill at Waffle House. Maybe your place is Kentucky Fried Chicken. I don't know. But let me tell you what I do, just, Pastor, just so I don't want the people to think bad of me. Tell you what I do. I always remember how much it costs. I, I always get the same thing at Waffle House. It's, it's, it's always the, you know, I, I always get the, uh, the, 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 little, the, the cheese steak with a double portion of the hash browns because I, I want to be balanced. Uh, <laughs> with cheese and onions, okay? Scattered, scattered, covered. Smothered, whatever, uh, which, which pretty much describes a lot of people who eat there. Uh, but what I do, I know what it costs. And when I get back home, I put that money in an envelope. And I send it back to a Waffle House in Gary, Indiana, where I first fell in love with Waffle House. It was my very first Waffle House. I ate 20 years I ate at that Waffle House. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, the, the waitress still there has the menu tattooed on her arm. That's commitment. You know what I'm saying? Okay? This Waffle House up here, big turnover. That lady, tur- commitment right there. So what I always do is I always send my money back to the other Waffle House. So that kind of makes it right. Well, why not? Anybody else got any ideas? I was hoping I'd have some people who'd agree with me that that was right. I'm going to say something here. Pastor did not know what I was preaching on today. In fact, he told me today, Mike, you can preach on whatever you want to preach. I'm going to be honest with you. We're in Florida. I know a lot of you have got Waffle Houses back home. First Baptist Church, First Presbyterian Church, First Methodist Church. If you're eating here, 
invest here. But I like them to know that I'm still given. Then you're given for the wrong reason. Remember what the Bible says about not letting your right hand know what your left hand is doing. You know, Pastor, you know what I did today? When, when I, I gave in your offering. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm not going to tell you what I gave, okay? But when I took the offering thing today, I took out an envelope, put my offering in it, and I held it just like this. If you were back there, you might have seen me if you were right back there. I held it just like this. And as that offering plate was going around, I said this. Heavenly Father, I am investing this in your kingdom. Knowing that according to your word, everything we plant is harvested. I'm giving this with joy. Woo! Woo! Okay. I'm investing this in you. And I'm trusting you. And you know what? I've never seen the righteous forsaken. God has come back and paid me back over and over again. Because this is not about name it, claim it. Notice I never said, find a Cadillac and call it. If you're going to do that, start with a matchbox. Let me tell you, it's easier. This is not name it, claim it. This is not saying, I'm going to force God to do something. No, this is taking God at his word. This is about utilizing a principle and a program that he has set up for you. If he would be concerned about your soul, why wouldn't he be concerned about your life? Think about it. A God that didn't care about my day. Do I want to trust him with my eternity? Whatever you plant, friendship, love, kindness, education, when you plant that in joy, it's watered and God brings it back to you. Make sure you plant it with the right intention. I want you to have a purpose bump. Mark chapter 16, 15, go into all the world, preach the gospel. This is going to seem, Pastor, I'm, I'm putting my, just so you can, those of you who are watching, uh, I'm putting the notes away. That's a good sign usually. <laughs> but like most pastors, I'll find a way to shove through two or three more points in my closing prayer. <laughs> no. Here's the deal. Where's your purpose in life? Yes, people. Yes, the local body of Christ. But what is one thing in that great commission of Jesus Christ that he has called you to do? Do it. When you're laid to rest and Brother Phil gathers with your family and, and says, what was he all about? What was she all about? Will they know there was one project, one God project around the world that you were obedient in and changed the world? We can all do that. Find it. Find it. 
find it. The invitation today is simple. Find people. Invest. The invitation is simple today. Every time that plate comes around, we invest not because it's a good sermon, because it was a good song. We invest because God has given us the opportunity to plant in his bank so that we can have more, so that we can give away more. It's not for greed. It's so that we can be the most generous people on the earth. We can demonstrate love. And three, where's your purpose in life? How could you change the world? Father, right now, we bow before you and we ask you, where are the spots that we need to move on in our life? Right now, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, what do you need? What do you need? What was it that was in your mind that you needed? Then how could you take what you need and give it away? How could you find someone who's hurting in the same situation and type that you are and invest in them and trust God to bring it back to you? How can you invest in this church knowing that God will return it back to you? How can you invest in the world and seeing the good news go throughout the world and see God bring it back to you? What's he saying to you right now? Would you make a decision right now to live different this week? To live as an investor? A God investor? If you will, say amen. 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 Thank you for allowing me to be here today. That might have been very different for you. Here's today. If you are out there today and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to join the family. This is a family. It's a family that, that is together looking for Jesus every day. We want to invite you. We want to invite you to join. I don't know everything I need to believe and I need to say. That's okay. Come on. Just come on. Come on, we'll help you find the truth. It's not about what we say we believe, it's what we believe. It's what we act on. We, we want you to join us. So this week sometime, or at the end of the service, I want you to find Pastor Phil. I want you to say, I, I, I want to be in the group. I want to be in the party. If you're visiting with us today, I am too. Uh, so I'm just going to say, I've been here a couple times. Maybe this is your first time. These are some pretty good folks. I've been to some other churches. I won't name names. I could point to them from here. But um, <laughs> This is one of the friendliest churches I've ever been to. Seems like a place that if I lived up here, I'd enjoy coming to. I've already heard your pastor by accident when I... <laughs> Last time I thought I was supposed to be here. <laughs> hey, at, at, at 58, it could happen again. I might be here next week. <laughs> okay. It's a great church for you to be a part of. Amen. For you to join the army. All right? Great. Um, I just came back from the Dominican Republic. We run a mission down there. We rescue kids. Uh, just one slide, brother. Just the one slide. It was very snowy that day. Okay, there, there we are. Uh, 
We feed and educate, provide training for over 700 kids every week. Um, Friday night, we were out on the streets working with girls who were 15, 16, 17 years old who were selling themselves to American tourists right in front of us. And we were putting our arms around them and loving them in the name of Jesus. We feed five days a week at a garbage dump. Today, if you could help us with that, that would be great. It costs us $103 every day to provide 120 meals that go to the garbage dump. If you could help provide 120 meals, that would be great. Some of you could provide a week of meals. Some of you could provide a meal or two. Whatever you could invest today in the hungry, we'd be thrilled. Uh, you can make your check out to the church, Cornerstone. Is that how you want the checks made? Make it out to Cornerstone Church and just down in your memo line, you can write uh, mission, or cups mission, or crossover cups mission is the whole thing, whatever you want to do. Make it out to the church. That would be fantastic today. Um, that's what you're given to today in our offering. Pastor is coming to pray over this offering, and I appreciate your investment uh, in, in this purpose. And then I'm going to tell you one more thing after he prays, and, uh, and, but the ushers are going to be uh, moving forward at this time. Pastor. Thank you, Brother Mike. In fact, Brother Mike, why don't you come on down here for a minute? <clears throat> I'm going to do something a little bit different because a lot of times we just... Um, Usually end of service, just pass the plate around, this and that. But you know what? I know Brother Mike has needs. You know, and we know that he's sold out to Jesus uh, for those people. No matter where he's at, whether he's here or in Dominican Republic, I know. And, uh, and his work is an incredible work. And I want to talk to him further about us maybe being not just investing as far as monetarily, but also investing in maybe sending some teams down there in the near future. I think it will be a great opportunity for you to see firsthand how God works through his ministry in the lives of the people in the Dominican Republic. We have people here that need a lot of help, people down in the Dominican Republic. The whole world needs help. And what they need more than anything is they need Jesus, right? Because he is our help in times of trouble. He's there for all of us. So what I want to do is right now, I just want to take time out. I want to pray for his ministry the Dominican Republic, but I also want to pray for his ministry as he travels around. I saw his schedule he has over the next year. <laughs> and it's pretty hefty. So he goes around and speaks. And this is, this is how his ministry is funded. And I appreciate the fact that he come here and share heart to give us something to help us to think about us planting the seeds within ourselves. You know, the thin needs that we have, the needs the church has, the needs the community has the needs that need to be met and and God can meet every single need and he is and he wants to and I want us to be encouraged so I want to ask you right now just some of you who feel like you would like to do that be led I want you to come down here and surround brother Mike with me I want to pray for his ministry and uh, what's going on down there And we know as we watch the news that anything changes from one day to the next, things can drastically change in a moment, right? right. So right now at this time, let's take a few moments. I know it's a little late, but that's all right. It's Sunday morning. Let's meet whatever the needs are in Brother Mike's life and his family and his ministries.
in his life every day. So come on down. Don't be bashful. Come on down. Let's just huddle up right here. I like huddling up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. You can huddle up in the front. You're fine. You come around the front. Everybody's gathered. I want to put a hand on them. It's biblical. Put a hand on each other. Let's be connected this morning. get connected. Thank you, Jesus. All right, everybody, come on, let's just all pray together. Father, we just humble ourselves in your holy presence. God, you're faithful. Even when we're not, you're always faithful. Lord, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, you know what the needs are. You know what our specific needs are in my life, the life of this church, this congregation. And Lord, you know the specific needs that Brother Mike has, Lord, in his own personal life, in his family's life, uh, Lord, in his ministry, Lord Jesus, and in the ministry in the Dominican Republic, God, where you have called him to, to do a tremendous work to rescue these young girls. Lord, from prostitution, from hijack, from, from, uh, from, from anything and everything, from hunger, from whatever the need might be, housing, whatever it might, might be, Father. Lord, we don't know everything, but God, I know Mike knows. He knows. And I pray, God, that uh, you would pour out and open up the windows of heaven and pour out such blessings that they can't even be contained in this man's life and what he does. He is sold out to you, Lord Jesus. And for him to give up, uh, Lord, living in this country, to stay down there for a good portion of the time of the year and minister and has a team down there that has needs and people that has needs. Lord, let, let, let him know that this is the, the Hills campus wants to invest and Lord and wants to equip Mike and every good thing. And Lord, uh, and through prayer and through our giving and through time and our talents and giftedness, God, Lord, help us, Lord. Open up the windows of opportunity for all of us, God, to grow, draw closer to one another. Father, I thank you, Lord, for, for protect Brother Mike. Protect his family from the evil one. Protect his ministry to make public from the evil one. And Lord, who is, uh, who is roaming around, roaring like a lion, seeking whom he can devour. And Lord, protect him. May a hedge of angels encamp about his ministry and the ministry of the Dominican Republic. Father, we thank you. From the bottom of our heart, from the Hills Campus family, God, we thank you for Brother Mike. We thank you for his family and what, and what, uh, what he does for the kingdom of God. So Lord, go with us, Father. We thank you for the offering that's about to be taken up. It's our prayer, God, that every bit of it, we know, God, that's going to impact the life, not just make a difference. Any of us can make a difference. But, Lord, to make a godly impact, that's what we desire for everything that we do, whether it's here, Dominican Republic, or wherever, Father. May you rule and reign in everything that we do because we're submitted to your authority, your authority and your power alone. I praise you. I thank you for this brother. I thank you for what you're doing in his life and in our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you all. Y'all can go back to your seats. And as they're doing that, if they get the ushers to come forward here, we'll go ahead and we'll take a, we'll take the love offering up. Thank you, brother. Thank you all so much.
You want to do that now? No, 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 no. Let it know. Okay. Amen. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time. We take up this love offering for Brother Mike. And God, we just give you praise and great glory for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live This is my desire. Sing with me. All I Amen. Before y'all this morning, I know he's got a table set up there on the left-hand side with some things, and he's got something he wants to kind of share with you. The girls you in our program make these bags right here. No way! Oh, yeah, they're awesome. reversible. Uh, they're also, you can turn them upside down. Um, they're $20. You can buy a good bag at Walmart for $3. But what you're buying here is it goes into her college fund so she doesn't have to work the streets. She can go to college. Uh, amen. Um, mm, 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 mm. Uh, our, our boys have a little coffee grinder mill. If you like coffee, it's 20 bucks. It's real Dominican coffee, just fresh back uh, from coming through security. Uh, <laughs> if you want to know the story of uh, how it all started, Shut up, get in the Jeep, and let me drive. It's 10 bucks. Um, there's some CDs back there. I doubt you'll want those. Um, 
I have three boys back there who desperately need sponsors right now. It costs for them to be in our program, it costs 75 cents a day, uh, $23 a month. If anybody would like to take on one of our three boys that desperately need sponsors right now, uh, we'd love to uh, have you do that. I'll be in the back. It was my honor to be here today. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you too, brother. It's an honor to have you here this morning here. Don't forget, we have Bible study tonight at 6 p.m. I have our uh, Connect class tonight, or the second portion of it tonight. For those of you to come tonight, 6 p.m. Mike is back here on the left. You all have a great, great, wonderful week. Thank you all for being here. Your grace is enough. Your grace.